Welcome back to another episode of Bored, Bored to, to Death. Death. I'm still, Bill. Still terrible. Yeah, I'm Bill. <laughs> and I'm Haley. And this is a podcast where we discuss board games, card games, tabletop miniatures games, and at the end, my wife Haley regales us with a lovely murder. Murder! Murder! I murder the stories. Yes. I... Murder the telling of the stories. Ugh. No, I have a great story to tell you tonight, Bill, and I can't wait because you'll never guess. Whether who... the husband did it? That's correct. Cause, I got 50-50 he shot. Mo- <laughs> <laughs> Statistically, your chances are much higher than 50-50, but there's something else to consider. Anyway. Okay. Here we go. All right. So we Oh, have... oh. I hope everyone enjoyed the beginning of our episode. Yes. Considering that the last time we talked about, I don't remember what the reference was, but we definitely talked about that weird guy who sings. Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. Who just, you know, loving in the moonlight, having a wonderful time. You know, it's, he creeps us out. He fills us with joy. He reminds us of our childhood memories. Oh, fantastic. And then reminds us also that ghosts are here to kill us. Yeah, they're real. And they're here. (laughs) They're here and they're queer and they're going to kill you. Yeah. (laughs) So we've been playing games together for a couple years now. Couple, just a couple. Yeah, just a couple. And tonight we are going to be talking about Settlers of Catan. I call it Catan. Other pretentious people call it Catan. Bill, do you want to know an interesting fact about Settlers of Catan? I am nationally ranked oh my God. as a uh, player in Settlers of Catan. So we Did you a, know that? Uh, so we had a friend. Uh, Wait, you know what? I swear to God, every single person I've ever spoken to who's played this game. Is it a joke? No, they, it's actually people actually play it. Like they play it like ranked competition. But I feel like, like it's nationally. a joke. I feel like it's a joke when people say, because every time I've played Settlers of Catan with people, they say, "Hey, did you know I'm I'm nationally ranked?" And it's it's even a reference in Parks and Recreation. Oh. There's like an episode where it's been oh, if yeah, anyone yeah. has ever watched Parks and Recreation, yeah. right? Uh, Ben's um, bachelor party. Yeah. He all he wants to do for his bachelor party is play board games and drink beer and hang out with his friends, which is like literally oh, what that like, Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That that's what Bill wanted. It's not what he got, but you know, it's what he wanted. Uh, but in that episode, he, you know, he wants to play Settlers of Catan, and like one of the first things he says is, "It's not really fair, you know, because I'm nationally ranked." And and every time I've played Catan with someone, they say, they say they're nationally ranked, and I'm like, 
Is it just a joke? No, I don't think so. No, because like people actually play this game like internationally and there are national competitions and stuff. So I don't think it's a joke. I want to see this like official, but what I'm saying is that like, where is the like reference? Where's the source that says, no, not the joke. If it's not a joke, where is the proof? Where is the beef? Where Where is the pangolin? Where is the pangolin that shows us the source of this virus? No, I mean, like, where does this come from, right? Like, is it a... If it's a joke, I don't get the joke. Also, it's a dumb joke. Yeah. But, like, whatever. It's not hurting anybody. Anyway. I'm just... I wanted to bring it up because I swear to God, I feel like... I mean, it shows up in popular culture. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm, uh, what are you drinking tonight? Ooh, okay. So, tonight we're, is this fancy? Yeah, that's okay. fancy. So, tonight is Saturday evening, and Bill Ford decided to uh, make us a very fancy date night dinner. Yeah. And so, he bought a $15 bottle of wine. <sighs> yeah. And for those of you... Who this is out of the realm of purchase, it's okay. Don't worry. There will be many weeks in which we will buy cheaper things. But we bought, uh, Bill bought, uh, it's called Airfield yep. Cabernet yep. Uh, Sauvignon uh, 2018. Ooh. And it is delicious. Yeah, it's from Oregon too. Nice and dark. It's good. O- Oregon, where Oregon. like. Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, yeah, it's basically the rainforest of America. Yeah. Arguably. And then I am drinking Arrow Creek or something like that. A bottle of wine that you got for $4. And it is... You're welcome. Mm. Ah. It's vinegary. It stings. <laughs> it stings the nostrils. <laughs> but alright, so we, uh, we're going to talk about settlers of Catan. Catan. Yeah, Catan. Settlers of Catan. It's a uh, Settlers of Catan. It's a game for two to six players, I think. They have like expansions for it or rules to play with six people. But it is a resource gathering game in which you, you, everyone, are settlers going to this island out in the middle of nowhere and you are to build, you know, a civilization there. And you start by placing a desert tile, a hexagon tile, in the center. And then you start placing and drawing tiles and kind of create your own islands of, I think, like 24 tiles or something like that. Everyone then places a little, a little settlement, little building guy, and then one road at the intersection at the nexus point or corner of different areas of the island. So everyone gets two settlements and two roads that have to connect to their settlement. And then you go in clockwise order. So then you start your turn by you do three things. You roll the dice, two six-sided die, and whatever number comes up is the settlement um, that you gather resources from. So if you roll a six or something like that, then anyone who has a settlement adjoin- adjacent to or adjoining, surrounding at any, at any one point to that settlement, then you get to collect resources from that settlement. It doesn't matter if it's you or if it's your opponent, anyone like that. There are five resources. There's like brick or clay or whatever. There's sheep, 
There's... All I can remember is the like the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna get the names correct. Yeah. All I remember are like the images. Yeah. There's wheat. 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 There's iron and lumber. Yeah. And so once you've gathered resources, I feel like there's more. There's like a hay one. Yeah, that's wheat. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wheat. wheat. So you can. Uh, so after you've rolled dice to collect resources, you can then. Uh, trade something so you could trade something with the market and then once you take the resource cards and you put five out and you can trade one card from your hand to exchange it for one card that's laying out or you could exchange resources with another player say hey man yo dog I got two or give me one of them sweet wheats and you know, or, you can, or 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 you could exchange <laughs> lumber for clay like whatever you need right World's your oyster. So then after the trading, then you can purchase things. So you can purchase one of three things. You can build a road, you can build a settlement or upgrade a settlement to a city, or you can buy a development card. And so a development card is you just draw from this pile of development cards and you could gain things like a knight. You could gain things like a And what does a knight event do, cards. Bill? So a knight in Settlers of Catan is something that where you go towards you just collect gather knights to have the the lar what's called the largest army which is another um thing that i'll talk about in one second here so the whole objective of the game is to get to 10 victory points you for every one settlement that you have is one is worth one victory point for every city that you have or a settlement that you've upgraded to a city is worth two victory points and then these other two cards called the largest army and the longest road. The longest road is worth two victory points, and the largest army, or whoever has the most knight cards, is worth two victory points. So who and there are other development cards that will give you just victory points and all that kind of crap, right? Uh, longest road is five continuous segments of a road, um, and yeah, so whoever gets the ten victory points wins. So that's the basic setup of the game, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. And I feel like there's definitely some, like, little tidbits we're definitely leaving out. Yeah. And like so I'm what I want to, before we actually, like, get into any of the nitty gritty of our criticisms or our affirmations or whatever about this game, I want to say that we have played the proper game with the actual tiles and the the actual little you know the little hexagonal pieces yeah. we've played that game properly twice two, yeah like twice. twice maybe three times right the way we normally play this game is the card game yes right because when we are looking to go out we go out to eat it's just mm -hmm. us we play the Catan card game. Yeah. In fact, my first memory of us playing the card game was, I, mm -hmm. I'm going to blank on the exact location, but it was, it was in New Zealand. Sorry, I know I bring up New Zealand a lot in this podcast, but it was, it was in New Zealand and it was at that Airbnb. In Napier. Was it Napier? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but where we stayed was amazing because they had like the main house and then they had this little, like the little house the little house and they also had this huge delicious chocolate lab mm. like this fat like if you could imagine a hershey kiss in dog form 
it was this dog. Do you remember that dog? Oh, yeah. He was yeah, so was awesome. friendly. And that was... But he, like, when, came into our Airbnb. So oh, for was, sure. Like, he was... was like, oh, right. Yeah. He was fantastic. I loved anywhere we stayed where, like, the family pets, like, came and chilled with us. Yeah. But that... where When we stayed there in Napier, which is, like, wine country in New Zealand, or... One of them, yeah. Wine beach country. Yeah. Um... That was the first time we played Settlers of Catan, the card version, which is like um, same principle. I, same principle, but the, there's the, no board. There's no board. The concept it, it goes much faster. I feel like the yeah. game goes faster. Um, the principle is the same, but like there's the, like any of the fancy bits are stripped away, right? Yeah. So rather than like rolling two dice to like, and depending on your positioning of your cities and settlements to gather your resources, um, instead you just draw from the deck of resources. Like every turn, someone is guaranteed to get two resources. Um, and like Haley said, like, like you said, like it just goes like that much quicker. Yeah. We go really fast when we play that game. Yeah. It's like five, 10 minutes max. Whereas like Catan oh, five, is uh, no more than 10 or like maybe 15, but like Catan is something where it's like 25, 30 minutes, maybe 40, you know, and that's just like two of us. If you have three or four people, like, yeah, is it, do you think it's fair to say that the more people you have, the longer the game's going to take? I mean, same thing with Dominion, right? Like you and I have played Dominion with four people and it takes like 45, 60 minutes sometimes. But, yeah, so the card game version is awesome. I mean, rather than, like, again, like I said, rather than having the positioning of settlements and cities, you just have your hand of cards, your hand of resources, and then you buy the settlements. The more roads you have, the more um, access to trading or exchanging your cards with the market um, that you have and all that jazz. Then you can upgrade your cities, and then with those city cards, actually, you can buy expansions to your city, so you can buy like the library, which prevents you from like having your cards taken away from you. Um, you know, certain cards. Yeah, certain. Right, like cards. certain cards can't be taken away from you. Yeah, like other cards grant you the access to like actually look at your opponent's hand and like take a resource from their hand specifically that you want. Or like, um, there are certain cards that like block your opponent from taking your knights, mm-hmm. right, or your roads or something, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, I really like the game. It's, you know, it's just so it's a very simple game that I can like turn my brain off to because you're just rolling the friggin' dice, right? And then gathering the resources and think about what you want to build next, right? There's a lot of nuance to it though. Mm-hmm. in that like you, like we were talking about earlier, like people like are nationally, like they actually play this game i have to, to tell you i still don't buy that i feel like it's a joke it's that, not like, a joke i it's like i look i looked at it on youtube because i was like <laughs> I, I gotta find out about this and like there are people because this was like sellers of Catan was like the grandfather of like modern board games right so like germans it's called the german or something spiel where spiel. yeah so it's like they actually have like schumannsplatz that they Sorry, give out I, every year to yeah, like so. the most innovative board game that is, you know, it, it tackles resource management with some other factor. And that's like named like the board game of the year. And Settlers Catan was like the forerunner of all these like modern board games that we see, like, you know, Pandemic, 
um, Carcassonne. Like we should do pandemic. Oh yeah, we will. We have to we, do pandemic. We will do our pandemic special. <gasps> but the uh, enjoy your pandemic special. Yeah. But the, oh my uh, god. But yeah, so Settlers Catan like revitalize like the board game industry like as we know it today that's why, we have, that's why we have access to like hundreds and hundreds of board games and when you go on a kickstarter it's like Wait. every week like there's a new board game like cropping up do you know anything about like the actual history of Catan? like when did the game come it's about like something toiber is his name klaus toiber and he's the guy like he created the, it? yeah in like the mid 90s like he came up with settlers of Catan because oh. it was just like monopoly blows and, I agree with him. Yeah. So, like, because of that, like, you've seen in the last, like, 15, 20 years, like, this renaissance of board games in general. For sure. And more and more people are playing board games. And it really, it, when you trace everything back to, it's because of Settlers of Catan. In Seriously? Yeah. Like, this is, like, considered, like, the granddaddy of them all. Like, this is the grandfather of, like, modern board games. Wow. Yeah. I got to tell you that um, it, it doesn't surprise me. But it kind of surprises me only because um, I kind of get it. Like, it makes sense that this game appeals, uh, is is kind of like the, the, the renaissance of this modern age of board gaming because it's, the game in and of itself is pretty easy to comprehend right yeah. like like there are complicated parts of it in that like different resources and like you have to like build your little island right you have to build your civilization right but like the game in and of itself is pretty easy to get yeah um i and i i think what i'm trying to say here is that it's i think another... it's really cool that you know because in a previous podcast i was talking about how um you know, I always thought before we started playing games together, I always thought that board games were Monopoly and yeah. Candyland and checkers and chess. And like, it wasn't a culture, right? And to me, like, it, and what I'm starting to get is that Catan is almost like a foundational yeah. part of this new culture of gaming, mm -hmm. of board gaming, right? Am I, I mean, do you think no, yeah. I'm wrong? No, you're absolutely right. That's super cool, especially because, like, I never really thought of myself as being, like, a board gaming person until we started playing games together. Yeah. So that's, that's really neat. Yeah. That's just neat. That's just grand. It's, I mean, it, it is a That's very, really neat. Well, it's another one of those games where it's, like, easy to learn and difficult to master, right? Because For sure. So, um... You know, Jake and some of his goons from Who's college. Jake? Jake Wiest. You have to, you, like, these people don't know yeah. who you're talking about. Our one listener. Yeah, so, like, one of my one of my best friends from growing up, he, him and some of his really good friends from college, like, they, during quarantine last year, they would actually play online. And it is a very <gasps> tense affair where can you they hear, are... Can you guys hear me pouring my wine? All right. Well, ah. they, uh... Is very can be a very tense affair, like where you place a road, because wherever you place a road, that that's it along one of the six sides of a hexagon, of a resource tile, and that's it. You can't, no one else can claim that section, right? 
And so depending on where you build your roads, where you place your settlements, like you can actually block off players from other desirable resource locations. So it can be kind of, you know, you can be kind of a dick. Particularly like, uh, uh, like it's, like on a port, right? Oh, like yeah. on the edge of the island. Yes, that's something I forgot to mention. So like, like if you around, don't have access, if you don't have access to the edge of the island. For the exchange rates, yeah. So like when if you were able to build a settlement around the edge of the island at each section, there are edging cards that will tell you just exactly like what exchange rate you can get. So normally you can exchange four resources, four of the same type of resources for one of any one you choose. So if I had five sheep, I would be able to exchange it for one wheat. Sheep, wheat. And, and, or conversely, like if you were able to build a settlement and connect it to an area where along the coastline you have a harbor where you have the exchange- harbor, the, the haba. That's yeah, what I was haba. trying to think of. What's like, what's the word for that? The edge of the, the edge of the island, the haba. The haba. So you could actually build a settlement there, and instead you could, um, if you build it near an exchange rate where it's two sheep for one resource of any type that you want, right? So if you have a lot of settlements near sheep, you can then, um, and build a settlement near that exchange rate, that particular harbor, you can then like just really start mining sheep for wheat wheat or whatever resource that you want, right? Or. So there is a lot of. uh, Or, or. Or, or there is a lot of strategy involved um, in the game. Like I said, it's it's difficult, or it's easy to learn, but difficult to master. And yeah, it's it's a fun game. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, also, what are some things that you like about it? So, uh, so I'm gonna kind of differentiate here. And so, like the um, I want to talk about why I like the board game versus the card game. Mm. Right, so let me talk about the card game first because we've played that most recently. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons I like the card game the most um, is it's simple, it's easy, it's quick. Right? Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Done. Quicker than Dominion. Uh, it's it's much quicker than Dominion. Yeah. Much quicker than Dominion. Uh, the concept is more simple. Yeah. Than Dominion, in the card version, right? Um, yeah. yeah. No? No, yeah. There's there, the concept is much more simple because in Dominion like each card does its own action, right? Yeah. In Catan, it's it's really about like you have to get this many ore and this many wheat and this many sheep to to have a settlement. Yeah. Right? Like it it doesn't there's really very few options in mm-hmm. when it comes to that, right? Like you're trying to get to the end as quickly as possible in the card game. Um, so the card game is really, is really cool because, um, you're, you're basically trying to solve a, um, pretty simple puzzle. What I like in your head, right? Because you're, you're looking at the cards that you have, Mm. you're looking at where you're trying to get to, Mm -hmm. right? And you have to determine, I need this many more ore and I need this many more sheep or I need this many more weight. Yeah. Uh, to to be able to purchase civilization or to be able to flip a card over to uh, do whatever I need to do, right? And so you kind of know where you're going, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of like my appeal for the card game. For the um, for the board game, uh, I like 
just being able to play, I guess. Like, because you have to have, like, complete... Like, you can't be on your phone. You can't be chatting about somebody's affair outside (laughs) of outside of the game like you have to be focused on the game so in a way it's like you you have to be fully engaged because it's very easy to get your butt kicked where was this engagement in necromunda that's what i want to know uh i don't know the answer to that um all i'll say is that um Catan has a has a vacation feel to it Okay. In a sense, right? It's, like you're building a there's civilization. Beach, there's just because there's beaches around the island. There's beaches. <laughs> there's beaches. There's sheep. Yeah. Um, but there's no darkness, I guess, in the mm. game. It's all it's it's all lightness, right? There's only like there's only going up. Yeah. Right. There's no going down. We're not we're not descending into the hive. Yeah, I guess so. Right. There's no there's no radioactive fuel or whatever. It's just. Do you have a little sheep? Can it make more sheep? And then can you guys have some wheat? Does anyone have any clay? Can I have some? Like it's 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 really all about the positives, right? Like it's about building, right? There's right, really no negative. Well, other than the robber. The robber. Okay, so this is something I wanted to bring up because I forget who gave us that book. We have the book. What book? The book. What are you talking about? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? I read my son every single day. Oh, uh, yeah. Before nap time. Yeah. Before bedtime. Mm-hmm. Whenever he feels like it. Yeah. When we're changing his poopy butts. Yes. We read him a book called 100 Words for Nerdy Kids. Yeah, for nerdy kids or little geeks or something. Yeah, like that. that's what it is. 100 First Words for Little Geeks. <laughs> and... It's literally a book with just words and images of... Monty Python, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's like all of the nerdy things with references to all the things we love. And so in that book, on about the second to last page, are, are, I mean, settlements. Yeah. The robber. Robber. Talk about the robber. What is the robber, Bill? Anytime. So at the beginning of your turn, when you roll the 2d6, two six-sided die, and if you roll a 7 in any combination, then the robber comes out from that middle desert tile where you started the game, like, laying your tiles around or centering your tiles around. So you move the robber. If you roll that, like, no one gets, no one gains any resources for that turn, but you get to move the robber to a tile. And ideally, it'll be a tile of another player whom they are, you know, like your nemesis. I don't know. Right. They're they're trying to get like some sort of stronghold. They're they're in the lead and they're able, they're getting like a lot of resources from this tile. So you move it there and then boom, guess what? Any settlement or city that is on that tile where the robber is, is not able to gain any resources from any subsequent rolls for the rest of the game until someone else is able to move that robber away. And if you roll a seven, all is not lost. You get to take one resource card from an opponent who is who has a settlement on that area just by blindly drawing it from their hand. Real dick move. But it's great. It's great. Fantastic. But I just wanted to bring up the fact that 
we have a book yes. that our son reads literally every single day. Yeah. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Wraith. Second, Wraith. Second breakfast. breakfast. Cabbages. Oh. Truffle shuffles. Yeah. Swallow. Swallow. 42. Oh, Holy Grail. Holy Grail. Yeah. Express. There, I mean, it's literally filled with pop culture yeah, it's, references. It's a lot of fun. It's fantastic. So what are some of the things you don't like about it? I feel like we're running out of time. Uh, what, some of the things I don't like about it are just the general pieces, right? Like the mm -hmm. fact that you have to keep up with any multiple pieces of a game, just right? Like my bad attitude's coming back up again. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't want to have to keep up with multiple pieces to play a game, right? Like what when you're talking, talking about, about the tiles, oh. the tiles of the game. The yeah. robber, the settlements themselves, oh like, my God. So like, like any sometimes, board game, okay, any board excuse game is... <laughs> me, excuse me, every time, I feel like the last time we played this, the pieces, like, didn't even, like, fit together well, maybe because they were in our, a storage unit when we were in New Zealand or something, Yeah. so they heated and, like, warped, but still, like, like, the pieces didn't fit together very well, do you remember this? Yeah, I mean, that's just part of their cardboard pieces, though. You know. Okay, that's a complaint okay. that I have is that like just the physical pieces of the game sometimes don't fit together very well. Uh, but I, but I do really like the fun of fitting those pieces together. Sorry, I know we're talking about things I don't like. Um, other things I don't like. Hmm. Uh. Maybe I'll think of things. Maybe I'm in a good mood. I can't think of anything else. I'm in a good mood. I can't be that critical. Oh, man. Yeah. What do you not like about it, Bill? All right. Well, I'll, let me let me let me explain some of the things I do like about it. So I like that fact that it is. I mean, it's, it sounds so stupid, but it feels like I'm playing a bit of history. Like we're playing like the granddaddy, the grandfather of like modern board games. So that's your criticism? No, it's a thing that I like. Oh, you know, no, like that's super of, cool. No, and okay. Of, yeah, and a lot of people, like, play Catan, or, like, if they are... It's usually, like, one of the first games that people... Like, if you get into the board gaming, like, kind of shtick, usually people will be like, hey, have you played Catan? And they're like, oh, no. Catan. Yeah. It's like the gateway drug, Oh, right? shut up. <laughs> yeah, no, and I feel like there's definitely a little bit of that, right? Like, that whole... And I've talked about this previously, like this like exclusionary gamer culture where it's just like where you don't look a certain way or act a certain way then you're not allowed to play with us yeah can't sit here yeah no and i but i mean like for me it's a it's a game where it's considered a gateway game i don't think it is because it's it's can take quite a while to set up and it's not as intuitive as some of the other games like Ticket to Ride and things like that. Oh, yeah. I was I was just about to ask you what do you think is an actual gateway game and Ticket to Ride, Ticket to Ride definitely is. Yeah. Ticket um, to Ride. I feel like later. we should do that game next time. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I mean like it is it's it's still like a a classic like Hallmark game where most families, like, if you're into modern board games, you usually have... Catan. Settlers, yeah, Settlers of Catan. Um, yeah. 
you know, to me, just I like resource management games in general. So, like, I actually enjoy that aspect and, like, mm-hmm. building up, like, rather than taking away. So, similar to Dominion, right? Like, can, you're building things. Can I add something that I like about this game that I just realized? No. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I'll just <laughs> shut up then. Yeah. I really, I also really like that this game, because when I think about when, it reminded me when you said, like, modern board games in general. Uh I appreciated that this game takes much less time, right? Like, from start to finish, maybe even the longest game ever would be two hours. Maybe longer, the more players you have. Settlers, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Right, like it's not it's not a six hour game. Yeah. With those like in like the game, this Lord of the Rings. What's that one? Strategy battle game. That's that's strategy battle game. Yeah, those. I'm pointing at in my we we're in our garage because that's where we do this. He has a big giant larger than a. Yeah, that's the walls. Those are the walls of Home's Deep, baby. Oh, sorry. Well, either way, what I'm saying is that this game doesn't take as long as those super intense like Twilight, like $150 games that you see when you go into a comic book store. Or like Risk. Like Risk. risk takes I, oh, man. I love me some Risk, but god damn, it takes forever. I have never played Risk. I, you know what? You know what? That's not risk. true. That's not true at all. That's not true. I have played Risk. I have yeah. not mentally engaged with Risk. Mm. So technically, I have not played Risk. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what that's what I like about it. Uh, what I don't like about it is that it does it takes up a lot of goddamn space. I'll be honest, like especially for two people. Yeah, it technically does. you need three to six people to play the game. Like you and I playing together, it like doesn't count. Yeah, so I mean because like anytime like we'll roll seven, like oh I'll move the bear, the robber over here, and it's like okay, I roll a seven. All right, I'm just gonna move him back over here, and there's a constant just like a, this stonewalling. Where like neither of us can really get ahead. Yeah. Um. So that's really tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Big space. Uh. I don't know. Sometimes like it can just. I feel like the more people you have for the game, the better. Like it's a very yeah good, like, for sure six person game. It's very because communal. Can, it's yeah. very communal because you can actually exchange resources. With it's other great. People. It's great for bachelor parties. Yes. Fantastic. Incredible. Do you want to tell them about your bachelor party? No. I mean, oh. actually, I, there weren't any I board games at no. your bachelor party. I think for my buddy uh, Vance's bachelor party, uh, did I bring Catan? No, I just brought you, Dominion. You brought Dominion yeah. for his and it was, bachelor um, party. Yes. There was a ex- there was a card game at a bachelor yeah, that's party. Ex- that's how exciting it got. But it was awesome. Well, I, the only reason I even ask you to you know, make the connection is from Ben. Because I always think about you as... Yes. Very much, you remind me of Ben Wyatt quite yes. a bit from I Parks and Rec. Ben Wyatt. You really, truly are Ben Wyatt. Like, it's all about the cones. I love numbers. I love cones. <laughs> I love board games. Let's find out more. Yeah. So, that's what I only really like about it. And, uh, yeah, I recommend it to anyone. It's a really, really good game to get. Um, Do you think it's easy to learn? I think it is if you have someone teaching it to you because you can if you have someone teaching it to you you can learn in the first couple of minutes right as opposed to someone like that has to like guide you through the whole process like Munchkin Quest 
Um, our friend Aaron. Oh my god. Yeah, like he bought a copy for us, and I could not get into that. I just didn't get it, man. Like I even read through the rule book the whole way, all the way through. I couldn't like, do on it the, on the on the on the can, and like I couldn't. I was like, man, I don't understand what the heck is going on. Any game that was like, oh, you just have to have someone guide you through it. That's that's ridiculous. Like I'm sh- well, it's not ridiculous, but like I, it's not going to catch on very quickly. Like, well, like for, to it's, me, it's, that's it annoying. It's, well, it separates separates like the hardcore people from you know the average person like us, exactly. right? Exactly. Like, I feel are, like it. It. It's. What's the right word? It's. It's not accessible. It's not accessible. Exactly. Like if you need a person who understands the game through and through Inside in order now. to be able to play the game one of two things is happening the instructions in the game written. are poorly written or the game itself is too fudging complicated yeah. which i'll back that up because like i will say like, come a lot, on a it's lot, a game a lot of tabletop miniatures games especially by games workshop like they are horribly written like the the manuals and the, the rule books and stuff it's like oh look at Reference page 73 for this rule. And it's like... Where are we getting that accent? That's fun. They're, Brit- they're British. Oh, yeah, are they oh. cognate? Yeah. So, oh. And it's like, oh my God. So you got to like flip <laughs> back through the rule book and it's like... And like one major rule will be in one sentence in the middle of a paragraph. It's just yeah. horrible writing, right? So it's like if you're... Yeah. If, it, if your rule... If they, need game, to get, they need to get people like me... Instructional who designers. There we go. don't... No, not instructional designers. They need to get people like me who like don't know what the hell is going on yeah and they're like write this in a way that would make sense to goobers yeah gooptrons and i and i'll be able to do that i am your i am your lady but that's on your lady sorry lady oh oh from one reference to another oh i like that all right so that's what i don't (laughs) like about it that's what i like about it that's what you don't like about it that's what you like about it yeah it's a great game i i I will say it should be in most people's libraries do you recommend Catan? i do recommend Catan. i mean like if you're going to have five board games in your library and you regularly have people over then yeah, like Catan's like really really good. It's very friendly, like you'd said. Like it's yeah. a very much building game. It's not a taking away game, right? It's not a vindictive. Like, exactly. You're not tr- you're not out to hurt people in like the you game. Can, you can thwart people by like thwart thwart by you know placing rows and be like screw you. You know what I mean? But you're not physically taking away from them. For sure. Right? Like, I feel like there's a difference in the psychology of board games in that respect. Yeah. But, no. So, I would say this is a game I would play with good friends. Like, people mm-hmm. who trusted us. I would not force this game upon a neighbor who came over to have yeah, dinner it's, with it's, us one yeah, night. It's, it's, not a, it's not a gateway game. Like It's not. Like, come on. Like, it's a gateway it's, game for nerdies. Yeah, it's it's a mid-tier game, I would say. Like, a yeah. middle of the pack. Like, you know, you have Twilight Imperium, like, on one aspect where it's like, hey, you I will just, never play that game. Then you will. So it's going to be like, it, you know, it, like, yo, for the next, like, anywhere You're going to, like, you're going to duct tape yeah, me to a wall. Four to six hours, like, you're playing Twilight Imperium versus, like, hey, here's Dominion. Like, everyone yeah, yeah, loves yeah. Dominion. Like, Settlers of Catan is, like, in the middle of the pack. Right. I would I would even argue that Sellers of Catan is well, if like Dominion much is, closer to C- yeah, Dominion if, than if, it if is. Dominion is one, and Twilight Imperium is five. Sellers of Catan is like a two or two point five. Right? Yeah, if like we're talking about like a Kinsey scale of queerness. Yes. Okay. 
<laughs> all right, so that's all I have for Catan. Let's uh, let's get down to your juicy. Oh, Ooh. are we ready for the murder? <laughs> so tonight, Bill, we're going to be talking about the Caffey family of Alba, Texas. Okay, are you ready? Laffy Caffey. Girl, show me that Laffy Caffey. No, dude, we're talking about murder, okay? Uh, all right. The I'm Caffey. Just to make light of this. Don't. It's murder. All right. Here we go. God damn it. So, I'm gonna do my best with this, um, but what I'm gonna say about the Caffey family massacre is that oh. yeah, it's it's a massacre. Um, is that there are still mysteries surrounding this. Um, you're definitely not going to guess what happens, but here we go. All right. And I'm going to really, I'm going to tell this from like my memory in a way. So when I mess things up, Mm. um, please go and actually find a reliable source, um, that tells the story correctly. I know I'm going to get the, I'm going to get the meat and potatoes correct, but I'm probably going to get some of the details incorrect. Okay. So on the morning of February 29th, 2008, leap year. year. Good job. That's right. That was like the first thought I had too was (laughs) leap year. So February 29th, 2008 in Alba, Texas, which is actually, um, west of Dallas. Okay. And it's between it, it small towns. Okay. About, I'd say an hour outside Is of Dallas. Where Jessica's from? Who? Jessica. Jessica. Jessica Alba. Aha! <sighs> anyway. So Alba, Texas. So it's February 29th, 2008, and it's a really small town. And just imagine this, okay? It's a it's the, the, a neighbor who is, there's really like two families living within, I don't know, like 100 yards of each other, okay, okay? in a really small town. Yeah. Just imagine this. So they could kind of see each other, but not really. And it's, okay. it's a very rural part of Texas. And this man is sleeping in his bed, and he has a restful night. And I don't know this man's name. All I know is what he experienced. Okay. Because he, his name is not available. Or if it is, I, we don't need to tell it. So this neighbor, he... He sleeps through the night, but he keeps hearing these booming sounds throughout the night. But he thinks they're thunder, right? In Alba, Texas, he keeps thinking he's hearing thunder, which, like, totally normal, right? You go right back to sleep. Okay. Anyway, uh, that morning, very early, like 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, he hears booming on his front door, like, boom, boom, boom. Like, oh. his, like and they live in very rural, right. disconnected Texas. So it's like, what the hell is going on? And he goes out there and he sees his neighbor who lives like a hundred yards away, maybe even further, Terry Caffey, 
Terry Caffey is a father of three, okay, who lives across the street, or across the street, across the way. The way. That's the that's actually a more accurate description in Texas speak. Across the way, okay, and he is covered in blood on his front porch. He's covered in blood. He's got he's covered in dirt and mud and blood and. He's basically saying someone killed my entire family Mm. and burned down my house. So, and this is what begins the story of the Caffey family. Why is it always Terry? Like, why? I know we have a, we, well, we have a, (laughs) you know, what's sad. You know, what sucks. You know, what sucks is that our, our son has this enormous, uh, ter- Tyrannosaurus Rex stuffed Tyrannosaurus Rex yeah. w- that we named Terry. Terry. Terry's a good. He's a good dino. He's a good. He's a good dino. Yeah. yeah. All right. So anyway, back to our story. So this is that was from my memory. So anyway. Um. So the cops show up and um they the house is burnt to the ground. Whoa. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to just start reading for you from an article because I want to ask you what you're thinking right now. What are some of your gut thoughts? What are you thinking currently? So this is a man who's pounding on his neighbor's door saying he's covered in mud. He's covered in blood and his wife and his. Three I'm, children, according I'm, to his memory, are dead. I'm thinking he did it, but that's because I'm looking for the unexpected. But, like, or I'm thinking he didn't do it because I'm looking for the unexpected. But he very obviously looks like he did it. So. <laughs> so, what ends up happening is that the neighbors, of course, call the police. The police come out to this very rural part of Texas the house is burned to shreds and in the rubble in the rubble of t- in this of this house they find the remains of penny caffney 37 caffey caffey dang it why do i keep wanting to say caffney what's wrong with me penny caffey who's 37 and two little boys who are matthew age 13 and mm-hmm. tyler age 8 okay so they find the remains of three people okay Okay. the problem is is that they have a third child oh yeah that third child her name is aaron caffey okay and aaron is missing at this point right so the cops show up into the house they find the bodies of these three people okay the well the mother and two little boys okay and they can't find aaron Aaron is completely missing. So this is taken from uh, the sources AOL, <laughs> which is, you know, interesting reputable. in and of itself, but it's reputable. So this is from Terry Caffey's recollection. This yeah. is basically what he told the police. Right. So what are you thinking currently? I mean... Like there's a there's this father, he had who, a, he had a favorite kid and he was like you know what, 
I'm gonna burn everything down. You think that's what you think he like burned the house down and crawled, you know, crawled across the street to the neighbor's house. Yeah, I think he brutally murdered his family, and he was like, you know what? I'm gonna set this kid free. Let this one go. And uh, well, she's a teenager, so maybe she just like wasn't there that night or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. So, but okay, R- plausible explanation. Yeah, she was All out right. Getting cigarettes. So she was out getting cigarettes. So this is what Terry, the father, tells the police. All right. He recalls that at about 2 a.m., a noise woke him. They burst into our bedroom and opened fire, shooting me several times, Kathy said. Not only did they come in shooting, they also came in with a samurai sword. Oh. Yeah. After they shot Penny, his wife, they shot me three more times in the back and once in the back of the leg. All in all, I think I had been shot 11 times. I could not feel the right side of my body and nothing would come out of my mouth. I felt I had been shot in the face. Then one of them took the sword and stabbed Penny, his wife, in the Mm. neck, nearly decapitating her. Kathy said he was going in and out of consciousness at this point. But he thought of his children who were asleep upstairs. He had three kids asleep upstairs. I began to panic, he said. I was trying to get up, and I heard Matthew, his 13-year-old, begin to cry out. He said, quote, no, Charlie, no. Why are you doing this? When I heard his name mentioned by Matthew, I knew who was in my house and why he was there. Then I heard the gunfire. I tried to get up again, but then... But the blood rushed to my head and I collapsed. I was later told Matthew had been shot, whereas they took turns stabbing Tyler, Hmm. who was hiding in a closet. I'm okay. It's just that these stories are really sad, especially about little little boys, Um, because we have a little boy, so they're really hard for me. Um, Kathy is uncertain how long he was unconscious. But while he was out, Wilkinson and Wade had gone through the house setting fire to the furniture. So I'm going to try to wrap this up pretty neatly. So here's what happens. They have two little boys, one 13-year-old, Matthew, and one 8-year-old, Tyler. And Tyler was hiding in the closet and they stabbed Tyler to death. So, and they, and then they also have a teenage daughter who's 16. Yeah. Um, and her name is Aaron and Aaron, um, here's what ends up happening. Aaron's boyfriend, she breaks up with her boyfriend and he gets so angry that he decides that he's going to kill her whole family, and burn the house down. Whoa. Yeah, with a friend who he pays. two people? Well, there's a third person. But so, basically, the whole family, the father crawls across the street, shot 11 times, begging for help, and he... You know, I'm doing a terrible job of ter- telling this story because it's so awful. But uh, he he goes to get help, 
and the cops start they don't find Aaron right like in this burnt down house so they think like she's kidnapped or something yeah and so the father who this this boyfriend assumed was dead because they shot him 11 times right right he said I could re- I can clearly he tells the police I can clearly remember my son screaming Charlie no who the only person they know who's named Charlie is their daughter's boyfriend yeah right his name is Charlie Wilkinson yeah and and he's like that's the only person we know named Charlie and so the cops get a warrant they go to Charlie's trailer because of course he lives in a trailer He's like not taking care. He lives the by only, himself. The only people I know who would have a samurai sword would live in a trailer. Oh, God. This th- this is the most inappropriate. We're doing like it's fantastic. We're doing a great job. Yeah. And so so they go to Charlie's trailer and they're like, we're giving they get a search warrant and like a, a see you next Tuesday of a second. Yeah. OK. And they go to his trailer and they start searching through this trailer and they start digging through his closet and they see what they think is like a doll. And they pick up the doll. They take like a hair, like they take a fistful of hair and it's, there's a head attached to it, like a human head attached to it. And oh, wouldn't you know it? It's Aaron Caffey hiding in this closet. It's Aaron's head. No, she's alive. Oh, oh, okay. And it, it and is. she's and she's like, help! I've been kidnapped. Oh, okay. By her ex-boyfriend. Yes. Who she broke up with. Correct. So what are you thinking right now? Uh, she was in on it. She was like, you know what? I love Charlie. I love Chuck. And you know what? I wanted yeah. to kill my entire family, yeah. even though I'm 16. Yeah. Because 16-year-olds do stupid things. Guess what? You're 100% correct. Whoa! Yeah. Erin Caffey basically plotted with her boyfriend because her very conservative Christian family who homeschooled her and took care of her and loved her her entire life were too cloistered for her, I guess. And she murdered, she basically had her boyfriend and a hired dude help to murder her entire family, including her little brothers. And, and her father only, her father to this day believes that she had nothing to do with it. Wow. Even though... The other people involved in the crime, her boyfriend, um, what? There's another dude, uh, something Wade. His last name is Wade. Um, They all. Wade, Wade, Wade. No, it's not. But they all are saying, like, she was the mastermind. She planned because she wanted to be with her stupid boyfriend so much that she was willing to kill her mother, her two little brothers and her father to be with her dumb boyfriend 
And she is currently serving the rest of her life in a Texas prison to do that. Aaron Caffey. Her father to this day does not believe that she was involved. Teenage love, man. But her ex-boyfriend, Charlie... Charles uh, Wilkinson. Oh, what is his last name? Wilkinson. Yeah, didn't think I was paying attention, did you? (laughs) (laughs) You are correct. Wilkinson. Charlie Wilkinson. He has never changed his story. He's he's always said that she was kind of the ringleader in the wow. whole thing. What's Charlie up to these days? Is he, he is uh, he is they are life? all in prison and oh, serving okay. the rest of their lives. Are they together in prison? Not a, they haven't spoken to each other since the day they were arrested. Okay, you never know. I mean they may be pen pals, murder pen pals. I guess would you have guessed that a 16-year-old girl orchestrated the no, murder of was, her entire no, family? That was out of left field. Pierce Morgan, may he rot oh. in, in peanut butter for the rest of his life. Okay. Um, <laughs> he interviewed her. Oh, get out. Yeah, he actually interviewed her. And she still says that she's totally innocent. Wow. And Pierce. I guess. Yeah, so that's the story of the Caffey family. And I did a terrible job. But can you imagine a 16-year-old girl murdering murdering her entire family? It's a steak in my gut, but like, I... Did it taste like tequila? Uh, murder. 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 <laughs> oh god bless it yeah so to me That's i have to get some sort of lesson out of this story and to me the biggest lesson for me is like your kids they're gonna do it your teenagers, they're gonna they're gonna have the Ugh. sex. Okay? And you need to have the talk. You have to have the, uh, oh, let's not get into that. <sighs> okay, it's important. Yeah. Uh, well our our producer Frank is like no about this. <laughs> All right. All I'm saying is love your kids in the best way you can there and hope they don't murder you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> hope for the best. Right. God damn it. So what are we gonna do next week, Bill? I don't know. Something lighter. Like let's uh, we'll let's Don't do worry, it ride. won't be. Oh, there we We'll go. do Ticket to Ride, which yeah, is light. so fun. That's light, playful, gateway game. That's awesome. And so, do a light murder. Do like a you know, do a robbery again. Like a uh, robbery, like, like a like cowboy, cowboy bob. bob. You want a cowboy bob? Oh, okay, no we'll do a we'll do something lighter. We Just imagine like Rowan like murdering us because he's like, "Yo, Dad, I want, I love her. I love her. You can't take yeah. her away from yeah, me. You can't stop true love. Like, <laughs> uh, fuck. I'm like, oh, I'm shot eleven times, I'm crawling <laughs> in my other's house. Rowan, you bastard. <laughs> oh, God. Oh man. Damn it. All right, and guess who's gonna lead us out?
Tiny Tim. Oh, sing me, Tiny Tim. Oh, tip-top, blow the window, by the way.